Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. And welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we like to celebrate Keyforge, its community, and of course, that excitement of Discovery. I am still somehow here almost two years on as your co-host Ed Pocock, and I am joined, as always, by Discovery Officer Zach Armstrong of this Grand Star Alliance. Zach, how are you doing? I, I'm i doing well, Ed. I'm doing well. As usual, I'm always trying to decide between Unity or Discord. Unity or Discord. Do I, do I, do I unify things or do I just sow Discord? I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. Well, good job. Your skills are in project management, Zach, because I think you, I think you'll be <laughs> able to set up the inquiry and, and get those results post haste. Yeah, of course, of course. We are, of course, joined once more this week. He did not run away. We are joined back by Ro, the uh, the voice behind Children of the Tentacle, uh, the YouTube channel that's been putting out some great content recently. Um, and uh, Ro is going to share one of his favorite decks, one of his Dark Tidings uh, curiosities with us today. And there may or may not be evil twins discussed yes call of discovery is going towards its dark discovery twin talking about such evil cards good to have you back on the podcast thanks a lot thanks a lot um very happy to be here once more and without further ado would you like to introduce the uh, the deck that you've brought in to discuss absolutely uh it's paldi of simclaw burrows evil twin it is one of the one of the decks we had selected for our small um, home tournament. One of the one of the evil twin decks we had pulled, and I think the more we play, the more we see uh, some really interesting stuff uh, coming out of it, and some of the um, quite re- revealing of the the interactions we find in that set that makes us having so much fun and for our listeners that are discovering dark tidings for the first time both now and far in the future when keyforge is an entirely different proposition altogether the evil twins are the decks that are exactly the same as their non-evil counterparts in terms of card composition however some of the cards the creatures the actions the upgrades i don't know if there are any upgrades that are evil have been switched out for their evil twin counterparts and these for these, the art is different. The mechanics are often the opposite of their non-evil counterparts. So um, I'm sure that Evil Zach may be the uh, least nice person in Keyforge, for example. And Sweaty <laughs> Zach 
Uh, or, or the Sweaty Zack's evil twin might be the least competitive Keyforge person in uh, in any given environment. So, um, giving a flavor here <laughs> of different uh, evil twin decks, but really excited to discover this one in in the wild. So, um, but every good deck row has its own story. How did you first discover this deck, and uh, when did you realize that you'd uh, you'd fallen for it just a little? I think oh well as I said we've uh, we've received three three boxes um, of the uh, English version about a month ago uh, so really early in the in the process uh, it was in the first box the way we usually do it is is basically opening and people take a unreasonable amount of time in trying to decide which pack they will select and which <laughs> <laughs> when they literally all look the same. Right. But somehow, <laughs> somehow, um, somebody had a, a luckier hand than me and, and, and pulled it, and it was our first evil twin. Um, then I, I think I posted the picture, uh, the, the picture on Twitter of the of the Archon, and I think Jay Phillips said, "Oh, it's looking like it's you know um, really making this offensive gesture to the <laughs> to the viewer," and I <laughs> thought it was very funny and. <laughs> We moved on to um, to actually playing the deck, and the more I played, the more I think somehow it hits kind of a sweet spot in a, in a sealed format, which is essentially what we're playing of of really dominating the 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 small meta of of, of that tournament. Wow, that's uh, that's great. And uh, as it, what what are the houses that it it has, uh, and kind of what role does each play in making the deck pretty strong? Interestingly, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's also it's all one what makes the deck very very interesting um, in the set. Uh, it's a logo Star Alliance Untamed deck. It's obviously Evil Twin. Um, a lot, all of the houses bring a lot of efficiency essentially uh, because you've got a lot of draw in um, in logos, but most of the efficiency would come out of Star Alliance and Untamed. Interestingly enough, most of the control comes out of logos because you've got cards like Information Exchange, um, Evil, uh, Pie Sweeven, uh, and other cards that or um, Static Charge in three copies that gives you an ability to control the board, uh, make your opponent lose some Ember, steal a bit of Ember. Mm. When Star Lines uh, brings a lot of the efficiency with house cheats and, and drawing cards, and, and Untamed has this uh, fantastic waste not combo that that is that hits a lot that hits a lot of the times actually. Yeah, so take us through the waste not combo. I, I saw it when I when we uh, got the deck to to look at and prep for the show, and it really excited me. It takes a few cards, but but walk us through what you need for that waste not combo. Yeah, it, it does not. And once again, this is one of the few decks where because it's got logos, you can archive a bit of them. So what yeah. happens in in the in that set? So what you have is your your objective is to draw something like a third of your deck in one turn. And uh, and the way it does it with a card called Waste Knot, which destroys one of your creatures and draw cards equal to half of that creature's power, rounding up. So uh, essentially, you destroy a five-power creature, you draw three cards. But And I think it's an amazing card because I think they finally hit what they wanted to do by making um, power counters 
a good thing. I think power mm. counters, I think, were pretty f- useless. I mean, really <laughs> borderline useless in the previous sets. But this time, it makes a whole difference. There's a lot of ways to get value out of them. And you can get counters through cards like Genetic Drift in that and the fittest. So the fittest uh, existed before. You add one power counter to each creature. Good, but not great. And then Genetic Drift, you add one power counter to one creature and then another power counter to each creature that already has a power counter. Mm. So it synergizes amazingly with the fittest. Yeah. And you've got two copies of that. And then what happens is... So at that point, you think, okay, well, this is um, this is a deck with well, uh, a number of creatures. Um, you've got spread out all these all this power counters. How does it make... West not so amazing. Well, you have another card that's also because it's an evil twin deck. You've got two copies of Spore Gorger, which is an evil, um, an evil creature that's uh, also in Untamed. So all these cards are in Untamed, which is also the good part of the of the combo. Mm, and yeah. you play it, and it moves each plus one power counter in play to Spore Gorger, which is as I'm reading it, I'm realizing it moves also the one from your opponent. Yeah. <laughs> Which I hadn't yeah. realized before, but now I'm thinking, oh, wow, wait, it's broken. <laughs> I might have right. misplayed it. I have to go back to the, the first two rounds, but we might have sure. misplayed it. This is ridiculous. So then this creature gets towards, and it's already a power four, but then this creature would get another, you know, 10, 15, 20 power counters, and then you destroy it with Waste Knot, and then you draw uh, 10 cards. I think if you look at the round two game, Eight, I think. Uh, round to game eight, I think we I play the deck and I draw nine cards just with the Spore Gorger. And there's also uh, draw icons on Genetic Drift and the Fittest. So I think I draw 11 cards in that round playing Untamed, which is, which is ridiculous. It's really fun. Yeah, that's very cool. And uh, uh, watch out any Chonkers players out there because Spore Gorger can just uh, take everything from you. Absolutely, absolutely everything. Um, yeah, but that is a that is a very cool combo. It feels, uh, I, I think you're right in that it occupies a place where it takes a bit more work to get it than, say, like Martian Generosity did, right, in Age of Ascension. But this deck uh, perhaps can pull it off more consistently because of logos in there and the archiving you can do with logos and maybe there's some speed from star lines as well so that's uh that's a lot of fun that's very cool that's very cool there, there's a lot of, of things that work a little bit different compared to to the other the other sets i think and in a sense um bringing a speed out of uh, out of untamed is interesting I think mm. uh, in the first set, draw was not so... I, I, I was never really impressed with draw. I always felt that archive was stronger. But then I started playing um, decks that have a lot of draw and bring a lot of value. And I think the true value of of, um, of drawing cards, because the, the, the cards that you're drawing, essentially, if you don't draw them now, you draw them at the end of your turn because you draw so many cards at the end of your turn. But actually, sure. the reality of it is really, really strong because what you're making is not really for that turn, if you draw a card that and one chance of a three, you can actually play it. But actually what you're making is at the end of your turn, you will have a hand with two houses. So your next turn will be so much more efficient because you draw so many cards. 
in the end of your turn, maybe you have three and four cards from the other two houses. So you got very efficient next turn and a very efficient following turn as well. So you're building two very strong turns after that. And I think that's the that's a real value of a, of a deck that can burst in, in draw is you're making very, very efficient two, three, four turns in the future. That's a, a very good point, a very good point. And there's almost a, a kind of looking through this deck list at the moment. A lot of these cards are still unfamiliar to me. I am still discovering Dark Tidings organically, but there's a bit of a greatest hits list of some of the cards from the previous sets, particularly in Logos. So, Ro, once we get back out and we're able to play play these decks in, in, in the wild a little bit more, what matchups do you think this deck is going to deal very well with and which matchups might it have a little bit more of a difficult time? Mm, I think anything that has... Uh, this deck works really well if you have if you're able to maintain a little bit of board. The creatures are not mm. extremely strong, but they all have interesting effects, reap effects, uh, fight effects. So, and they can be protected by a hydro cataloger who gives um, hazardous to each of the creatures. Um, but what you want really is to be able to leverage a little bit your hide and your vellum. You want to be able to do that. And your Dr. Driscoll and, and some of the other creatures. And for that, you have three times um, Unity or Discord in Star Alliance, which helps you either uh, use a friendly non-Star Alliance creature or uh, bump some of your creatures back to your hand with their, with their, uh, artif with their upgrades. Um, the more you can leverage your board, the better it is. So decks that are not really good at managing the board and are probably like a rare uh, <laughs> section will have especially a hard time there because the more you can build up, the more you can draw an archive with um, with a hidden vellum, um, it, it's it's going to it's going to be making a big difference. I think then probably um, uh, very controlly decks will 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 have a, a much easier time. I'm not saying this deck is competitive by any shape or form. It's just fun to play. Sure. Oh, of course. Of course. And uh, we, we, we love both kinds of decks uh, here on Call of Discovery, no doubt. Uh, but we've mentioned uh, on the previous episode, uh, you mentioned Roe, and then uh, a lot of just people playing with Dark Tidings have mentioned how this set, the cards in it, the card pool, provides a lot of interesting decisions to make during a game, perhaps the most out of uh, any Keyforge set so far, perhaps. So mm -hmm. what, what are the most interesting decisions you have to make during a game with, uh, with this deck in particular? What cards ask those questions or what setups on the board make you really have to stop and think about what you're going to do? Yeah, absolutely. Or well, building the combo on Untamed is, uh, is a no-brainer. You want to try to do that. Mm. And at some point, you need to decide whether or not it's, it's going to be too expensive or too time-consuming too time yeah. to do. Uh, I think the main point is how much you can disrupt your opponent while you're building your game plan. And for yeah. that, you've got two really, really interesting cards, which are besides the, the board wipes, which are a, a bit strange ones, Grand, Grand Alliance Council and in fighting. Uh, you have uh, the, the three times static charge and the, um, the artifact, the Oath, device so I think these two are, are where you have to make a lot of decisions 
So static charge is the is the upgrade that says at the start of your turn the creature does two damage to each of its neighbors. So obviously something you want to play on your opponent's um, board. And deciding which creature you put that on is is really fun because obviously you can put two or three of them on the same creature. But basically, uh, you want it to be a creature that's gonna be hard to kill for your for your opponent if he wants to kill it. So ideally, it's got skirmish or something like that. And then you want to make sure that it it won't get too much value by keeping it on the board. It's a fun it's a fun decision to make. And Oathbirth device is the device that says each player cannot choose the same active house they chose on their previous turn. That's also a big decision point whether or not you want to keep playing the same house on and on and on, which could be the case if you manage to establish a good um, a good uh, logo spot, for example. Yeah, of course, of course. Oathbirth device. This is the first time I've come across this card and. Can I just say, I absolutely <laughs> love it. I love these rare cards that just make everyone think slightly differently about the game that mean that someone coming in playing the deck that they've played a hundred times is just going to have to play it a bit differently. And um, and I love the mm-hmm. theme that comes with it and the art is gorgeous. Um, it is very, very cool indeed. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this deck in action. Yeah, yeah, no, you can imagine. I think if you use it in combination with cards such as Snag's Mirror or other passive effects, I don't know, um, mm. uh, maybe a Restringentus or something like that, maybe you can't play anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There, there might be a, a lockout, a lockout present somewhere there. Uh, and I do have to shout out that you do have in here. I don't think it's a high impact card, but it's Pi Sweven, the two power human scientist, evil twin. With Reap, if the tide is high, your opponent discards a random card from their hand, which was spoiled on none other than Call of Discovery. Awful podcast. Never listen to them. Just absolutely worse. I don't know. I don't know why anybody listens to anything except Wild. Do you know what? Take the Wild Wormhole. Call of Discovery is even worse. No, we can't. Yeah, that's that's how we knock a podcast that's not on the air at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, we. If we want to keep the beef going, we have to we have to degrade ourselves relative to Wild Wormhole at this point. Yeah, is what indeed, we need. indeed. But looking at uh, Paldi here, row, and then uh, thinking of the Tide in Dark Tidings, which of course provides a lot of uh, it's the 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 fulcrum right for a lot of decisions that you have to make with Dark Tidings decks, of playing especially playing against Dark Tidings decks. Uh, how much does this deck need? the high tide does it kind of need to claim it constantly does it only need to claim it strategically or is it perhaps one of those rare dark tiding sex that really perhaps doesn't need it much at all it pretty much doesn't care mm. uh, there's first of all there's i think one of the measure we're going to see in um in dark tidings deck is the ability to raise the tide without getting chains of i think course. it's it's a really important uh metric to understand how efficient the decks are and most of it through actions, but also by playing creatures, artifacts, or upgrades that, that provide you that, that power. Uh, this deck has zero cards that does that. Mm. Absolutely <laughs> zero. Uh, oh my but at the same time, it's also a deck that um, doesn't leverage the tide at all. I think mm. I could be wrong. Uh, now, there's a Cheetah. That leverages it and Pi Sweven. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's all. I think that's all. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, oh, no, no, no. There's also a static collection array. Uh, it's an uncommon artifact. Your keys cost minus one while the tide is high and plus one while the tide is low. No, correction. Yeah, doesn't make much of a difference. And it's only for you. But um, yeah, that, those are the three, three cards, as far as I can see, that, uh, that really get value from the tide and not, so, not such a high value. So, uh, yeah, I would pr- you would probably want to raise the tide and take the chains only if it really makes your opponent's life miserable. Right, right, of course. And Ro, before we leave you, we must ask you our most holy question here on Call of Discovery. If you had a card, that any card from any set that you could throw in this deck to make magic happen, what could that card be? I think I would love to have um, something like a Kirby or um, mm. in the in the in the in the deck to add more uh, house cheat out of Star Alliance. Unity of Discord is great, but I. I've got a couple of actions I would like to be able to play out of hand. It would be wonderful if I could, like Unity or Discord, um, you know, use some of my uh, Logos creature in one turn and then all of a sudden uh, play or reap with a Kirby and play Stampede, steal to uh, get back to, to my plan. And I think, I think I would love to have a little bit more uh, value out of, uh, out of Star Alliance. Uh, mm. That, that would be really good or anything that could leverage also more the unity or discord cards uh, because I have three copies. And if I could uh, also maybe get some, um, some more value out of that would be, would be really good. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Kirby, of course, however, no longer with us after being subjected to dark Amber (laughs) in the previous set and, uh, and is now a subject of, many of the star alliance's most depraved experiments i I have no doubt that's right he showed up in worlds collide he got mutated in mass mutations and now he's nowhere to be seen and uh, i wonder i wonder if we'll ever get him back and what form he'll take when when he comes again (laughs) oh my goodness indeed anyone's guess anyone's guess apart from the designers who are rubbing their hands together i'm sure at this very 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 prospect (laughs) yeah Yes, uh, I can't wait until a card uh, jumps houses from another set, obviously becoming a, a traitor to their old house. So perhaps we'll we'll see him uh, uh, alongside the Red Baron, maybe in a future house or or something like that. Uh, or he'll go on a journey to go find himself with the the uh, the more spiritual, more spiritually inclined of the Crucible. No, I I really think um, I'm I'm going back. The game is at its best. Uh, as a playing face to face and um, discovering uh, the overwhelming moment where you discover a new set, first round, mm. then second round, you start off to see where you're going, and third round, you start to play your combos because you have finally understood what the deck is trying to do. And <laughs> I, I think that's the that's where I'm getting my really the most fun out of out of Keyforge at this point. And uh, uh, I really, really hope that um, 
my my friends in the in the UK and US, uh, those who haven't got or are waiting for the decks to arrive through the post, we would soon be able to enjoy that too. Just the US now. Sorry, sorry, Zach. Don't want to don't want to rub <laughs> it in too oh, much. Oh, it released. You know, we we have yeah, our delights. Sure, I was still, I was still... Excellent, excellent. Yes, I've I've been uh, I've been reducing our stash of tea here and here in the house, throwing it into the nearest pond I can find, and then. And an act of defiance. Uh, nobody's really noticed, but you know, it's been nice for me. It's been nice for me. I will drink that tea. I will drink all the tea, and I will laugh. I will laugh. No, no, but it does. <laughs> it does make up for. Um, and, and and no, no. Phase uh, release is perfect, but yeah. worlds collide. Uh, you but, you certainly had yes. access to uh, uh, at least a month before the rest of the world. So I think. Um, it is the the, the right. uh, custodians of the crucible, um, uh, just uh, making 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 it more balanced. The fun part is, it took me a week to realize I was the only one playing with the cards. <laughs> 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 I thought I should I should okay. share I should share my experience with the world. Mm-hmm. But yeah, indeed. Well, I look I look forward to uh, getting photos of Ed as he drinks uh, tea made of dirty American pond water. That'll that'll really be. A highlight, a highlight for uh, for. I mean, it's probably here. better than the standard but... water supply here in London. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Well, uh, Ro, thank you so much for coming back on and bringing Paldi with you. Uh, we'll definitely link uh, a few of the games that you've recorded uh, IRL with Paldi on YouTube below, and uh, we look forward to seeing more of your stuff on YouTube. Thanks a lot. And, uh, well, looking forward to do that as well. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to try not to finish that tournament, uh, where I've got still a few, a few of my decks, uh, contending. So hopefully fingers crossed, uh, I'll be able to win, uh, to win the final game. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I Excellent. have to beat we'll... Aldi all of a sudden. I, I need to beat it bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll be rooting for you. We'll be rooting for you. Thanks. So, dear listener, uh, if you're enjoying Call of Discovery, of course, please subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you're new to Keyforge, please visit the new player guide on Archon Arcana, the Keyforge wiki, which is linked below where you can get started on your own unique journey into this wonderful game. If you're looking to support us monetarily, please visit our Patreon, also linked below, where you can sign up to support us monthly and enjoy rewards like access to our exclusive Discord, where we get many in topics and questions for the show. We're also asking for those on the regular Patreon feed as well, in case you're not on Discord. Let us know what you'd like to see more or less of in future shows by interacting with us across all of social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or send us an email at podcast, it's call of discovery. Dot com, and you can also find uh, access to all of our episodes and a few other things at callofdiscovery.com. But most importantly, if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? Mm-hmm.